Hello and welcome to the Rigori Podcast, the show that's as considered and well thought out as a Gianluca Mancini flying tackle. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi and we're back for our first show of 2024, joined as always by my cousin Marco. How are you doing, Marco? I'm good. I had a good Christmas and New Year and hope all our listeners did as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I was going to ask if you got that Venezia Gondolier's third kit that you wanted for Christmas. Did that, was Santa good to you? (laughs) Sadly, I did not. I did get a new Venezia baseball cap though, which is what everyone wants. That is what everyone will. I hope all our listeners got one of those as well, so they can be as happy as they can be as happy as Marco is. Well, we're back with a bang with some excitement and um, controversy as always in Serie A. We're recording on Sunday night again. We just watched, I suppose, a battle for the last Champions League place, I guess, in Serie A. Roma against Atalanta. Who do you think came out of the game, if anyone, with their credentials enhanced, Marco? Uh... To be honest, I thought it was a pretty even game. Um, you know, it looked at the start like Atalanta might might get get away from Roma, but they, they managed to pull themselves back into it with a penalty that, yeah, I suppose it was a penalty. I mean, he did catch Dybala quite high. Um, so, yeah. Um, and, and actually, I thought it was quite an entertaining game. I know we've kind of moaned about Roma a bit, but there weren't any goals in the second half, but both teams were going for it a bit. And... I was just saying to you before we started recording, I was quite impressed with Bove. He played played a good game, I thought, put a few good passes through and stuff like that. So from an Italy point of view, that's quite encouraging. Yeah, that that's in, that is encouraging. Yeah, no, I mean it. It was often I thought more more physical than technical. Yeah. You know, and and the fact that. They took, I mean, I think Gasparini sort of admitted as much when he took De Ketelaer off, who's a technical player, to bring on Scamacca to do battle with the aforementioned in my intro, Mancini. And he immediately booted them in the balls yeah, as did, soon yeah, as he came yeah, yeah. on, which was, I don't know if that was a direct instruction from Gasparini, but it certainly, you know, it, it would have been tempting because I think De Ketelaer might have, resorted to that in the end because he was getting kind of provoked and niggled as only Mancini can do um through throughout the game. So th- there was a there was sometimes some spells where uh, endeavor exceeded sort of technique. But having said all that, some of the play between Dybala and Lukaku was yeah. very nice. And you know, and Roma have got some good technical players. There's no two ways about it. Pellegrini, Bove as you as you mentioned, exciting to see uh, Hussein, I'm not sure, Hoisin, I'm not sure, that's more of a source, isn't it, than a player, but um, coming on for Roma as well. A lot of, a lot of teenage talent making its debut in, or, or making an impact in Serie A just now, and so that's that's quite exciting. But yeah, a share of the spoils probably about fear and also much appreciated from a Fiorentina standpoint because the two teams could yes. have closed the gap on them um, and still sit in fourth place. So, you know, that was a, that was a welcome... Um, a welcome outcome, but yeah, probably a, probably a fair result. And Jose Mourinho sent to the stands as always, but that really doesn't make news much nowadays, does it? No. That's just that's must just part for the course. It must be it must be a trip to somewhere that doesn't. Usually it's the Inter game, isn't it? Yeah. Usually doesn't fancy that, but it must be a game that he doesn't fancy. But speaking of Inter, I think we rewind because you know we've only got twenty minutes and we really need to unpack the kind of the last. 
six or seven minutes of what went on in the Inter Verona game. Obviously, a lot of a lot of controversy. You know, a, a ding dong, a ding dong game. There looked like it was heading pretty much same old, same old. Lautaro Martinez starting twenty twenty four as he finished twenty twenty three, giving into the lead. But then, well, an old Venezia man stepped in to kind of muddy the waters a bit, Marco, and and, and you know. Well, Tom Allen Ree got an equaliser. That wasn't in the script. And then those last sort of five or six minutes, I mean, break down what happened, Marco. Yeah, it, it, it all went a bit crazy. I mean, um, Inter, Inter went ahead through Fratesi, but in the build-up to the goal, there was all sorts going on. Uh, there was a... Bastoni and Duda came together in the box, which I'm sure we'll discuss in a moment. Um, the ball then falls to Bastoni on the edge of the box, who hits a cracking shot that bounces off the bar but then eventually ball comes back in and Fratesi Fratesi knocks it in and then a few minutes later go up the pitch um, uh, and uh, Verona are awarded a penalty and up steps as you say the the ex-Venezia man Thomas Henry who I do have a soft spot for because he always gave us 100% when he was at the club but um, yeah unfortunately for him he kind of scuffed it I felt and rolled it against the post and then the, the follow-up was missed. And since we, since when, I think he's had uh, a few insults on social media as a result of that, um, which seems a bit harsh, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, it's very, I mean, I was reading there was sort of threats against his family yeah. and stuff as well, which is just, got, obviously, I mean, I'm guessing that it probably wasn't from Verona fans. I'm suspecting it might be from Juventus fans who thought that this... Um, you know, if he'd have scored that goal, obviously he could have mm. he could have held Inter to draw Inter now the the winter champions leaders at the halfway stage of the season. But yeah, l- let's go back to that that incident. Really, that you know, yeah. I, I mean, it was astonishing. I think to I mean, I had a degree of sympathy with the referee because players go down a lot yeah. looking for that head knock injury. But when you saw it played back again, how VAR. Didn't no, it was, yeah, I, I, I don't I, know. It was a, I brushed it was over a it, but clear, it was a clear elbow. Yeah, it was a clear elbow. And, I mean, there was there was a bit of to and fro before that. The two of them were kind of wrestling each other. And Bastoni has got a bit of a mm-hmm. a, a past, a, a kind of swinging out and doing that sort of thing. But, you know, it, it seemed crystal clear. And uh, as the podcast of the Minnows, really, you know, I felt sorry for, I think it was Sean Soliano, mm-hmm. Verona's, Sporting director come out and say, "Well, you know what? What do we have to do? It's always the wee guy that gets the rough end of these decisions." And I mean, yes, Pat's a Inter, yes, they kept going and whatever, but you know that seemed to be a clear cut decision. And to be honest, it looked like the ref had a pretty clear view of it. But if he didn't give it, how he wasn't called no. to to VAR to have a look at that um, was was just nonsensical. When the penalty that was given to Verona at the end, I mean, I don't know if that was VAR trying to make up for for the error beforehand because, you know, it was, I mean, it was a penalty, I think, that it was given, but it was another one of these ones where, like tonight's game, really, yeah. where a kick, a kick out that kind of caught someone, you know, it was a sort of genuine-ish attempt to get the ball, but the, 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 the follow-through or whatever caught the man. And then, as you see, Henri just, unfortunately, I mean, having scored the goal, I mean, as well as, harsh because he actually had wrong-footed the goalkeeper mm-hmm. I mean although he scuffed his penalty yeah. and to hit the post you know it's fine 
margins, I feel harsh to harsh to criticise a man for for doing that. If he'd done a full Simone Zaza and said yes, flying yeah, into yeah. the stand, then then by all means pile in. I see yeah, as I did to Zaza on that <laughs> particular occasion. But um, and and of course these things just always. I mean, I find it quite ironic because you just get UV and Inter fans just kind of sticking the boot into one another. Oh, who gets the more favours? Who is the you know who gets the more preferential treatment? Because interestingly, yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say earlier today. Yeah, well, today's game. I mean, I actually thought it was going to be Pipo and Zaghi had done the rope a dope on UV because he sent out a dud team to get scudded 6-1 in the Coppa Italia. And then he was doing a job on yep. Juve with majority score. But then, the, 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 well, I don't know the, your opinion of the red card that majority yeah, it, got. It, it looked, but, I mean, it, it, it wasn't a straight red, obviously. It was a second no. who couldn't. But, and it was a foul. There's no doubt that he fouled yes. Rabio, But I didn't really see the need for the ref to pull out a card at that point. No. It wasn't a late challenge. It wasn't. No. It was just a foul. Yeah, <laughs> you know that, so. that that that's what it looked like to me as well. I mean, I say you know, week in week out, we see those. Sometimes they're yellows, sometimes they're not fair enough. But it seemed like there was quite a, it seemed in quite a rush to yes. give the uh-huh. give the second yellow. And that again, we had the same scenario with the Salernitana sporting director coming out and saying, "Well, why didn't he send off Gatti earlier for a challenge?" Which it was one of these. I mean, I think it was almost like an admission of guilt because. Allegri took him off mm-hmm. afterwards, you know. He, he did lunge in and he did, it, it, as I say, it was one, they always look worse than VAR. He certainly got the ball, but then in his follow-through, he also got the man. And we've seen, certainly, decisions like that given. I don't think, to me, that was a bit clutching at straws. But I would have been annoyed, certainly, that the the red card that was given. And then, you know, Fino alla fine, eventually the gigantic riches that Juventus have were enough to, to win Dusan Vlaovic nice nice header nice and, I'm, yeah. and I think the thing what, was, what, was, what I saw midweek when I watched Juve was that they are actually capable of playing with, if they let these young boys cut loose a bit mm-hmm. they're actually capable of quite nice and entertaining football you know so but it keeps the it keeps the title race just as I say uh, from Verona and Salernitana fan point of view I think you'd both be feeling a bit irked more so if you were a Verona fan and then also I, I hadn't touched upon but the unusual celebration that it Fratesi went crazy and he seemed to get slapped on the arse for scoring his goals. He jumped up. I don't know if he did it on purpose or if it just happened accidentally, but his shorts dropped down and then all his teammates proceeded to slap him <laughs> on the arse and the celebrations. I don't know if that was like, you know, K Kulo. I don't know if it was that sort of thing, you know, you tell, yeah. oh, what a lucky what a lucky arse you've got. But it made for a somewhat pantomime ending to that game. But as I say, it says so those two are obviously the two title protagonists now going going toe-to-toe. It's going to be exciting. The last thing we needed probably was, you know, controversy. And, you know, undoubtedly, if it ends up being close, we'll go back to that decision. Yeah. Although I dare say, you know, there'd be numerous decisions we could analyse um, going back. One decision, though, that didn't need a, a lot of analysis, I think it's fair to say, was another Vene- ex-Venezia man in the spotlight and in in Napoli's um, spiralling yeah. decline, um, and they contrived to lose to 
I mean, I, I, I quite like Torino as a team, but they have got one of the sort of poorest attacks, the one of the least prolific attacks in the league. To go down 3-0 there was a disaster, but Mazzocchi was a, a, a January, Pasquale Mazzocchi, as I say, ex-Venezia man, a, a, a January transfer, great news, you know, great, we're heralded, a heralded arrival at Napoli, and how long did club. how yeah. how long did his debut last, Marco? Yeah, he he came on at half time and was off the pitch four minutes later, albeit with the help of VAR. But uh, you know there was no doubt he, he he slid in and caught the man on the on the knee, and he must it was he must it was known. knee high. Yeah. That was a thing. I he, think he must have you know winning. we see yeah. those ankle high, and they yeah. usually get a red, but at knee high. I think he knew I think it was it. a case of you know too much enthusiasm for playing for the club that he's always wanted to play for, you know that. Yeah, sort of thing. but actually, I strangely think that you know that it's one of these things. You wonder, will that be the end of Matsuki? You know, if they sign a few other players, he might not actually get another game at Napoli. Sadly, but but the other thing is that I wonder if that red card saves Matsari for a bit longer because he can use that as an excuse and all that mm. sort of stuff when in fact they're they're on an atrocious run Napoli. yeah and, and they were already really losing job still and they were already no, losing as you say yeah. they were already losing and that i believe is torino's biggest win for napoli in 40 years yeah, there you go. so you know to preside over something like that is pretty disastrous. And Napoli scored in five games or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, and, and now, you know, obviously they've got the complication, as many Serie A sides have, of the Africa Cup of Nations and losing Victor Ozimhen, which would be a blow to, to any side. So, yeah, I, d- I don't know. They're in, a, they're in an awkward position now because they've gone for the sort of what was clearly an interim appointment, what was clearly the kind of the traghettatore or whatever, the man to get them to the end of the season. But do you really want them to get you yeah. to the end of the season? Because it could be a terrible, terrible season. And, and you know, and so they're in that conundrum now. Do you act now, try and make changes? You know, there might be the chance of getting a few new faces in that your your manager wants. For for the but I think I think you're right. I think they might be stuck with him, and he's got that alibi. You can say, oh, well, you know, Mazzocchi went down to ten men, and he's got that excuse. But the, the disaster is that you know they've got that obviously still Champions League football ahead. You know, but he's he's sort of single handed. Well, not single handedly because Rudy Garcia did the first bit, but he's sort of completing. He's kind of hammering the last nails into Napoli's title challenge which is incredible really when you think of the the quality yeah. of the the players that they've got for them to be um where they are is 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 incredible really but ah yes venezia ex-venezia men right at the heart of, <laughs> of this weekend i don't think there were any though to blame in um we might as well start 2024 with a bit of misery since that is our that is our usp and and although you were spared you were spared suffering well, uh, I was. N- we, we lost <laughs> I, a friendly four one. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. Well, I suppose maybe not then. But um, you know, I wasn't, and I could see all the omens were there for a Fiorentina disaster, really, because um, I think the commentator said before that Sassuolo had never kept a clean sheet all season. I think that uh, the, that had never happened. Fiorentina were on a run of four wins in a row. I think they could have made it five in a row. Um, 6,000 Fiorentina fans had travelled and made the short trip to the Mape Stadium or whatever it is and within 10 minutes 
they were 1-0 down. And to be honest, they were lucky not to be more than 1-0 down by half-time. This was a game that, by the end of it, I didn't actually know whether to feel, you know, aggrieved, lucky. I don't, I don't know. It was such a curious game because, as I say, in the first half, if uh, Fiorentina were cut open a number of times, most notably for Pinamonti's goal, lovely finish, nice cutback and finish. And then we had a sort of string of decisions that they were they were saved by VAR on one occasion, which was I think a fairly clear cut off. Yeah. But then another another one, a second one that was highly debatable. One of these VARs where the man doesn't touch the ball, but is he interfering with? And he wasn't even. I don't think he was interfering with the actual shot that went into the goal. It was like an earlier mm-hmm. shot that was that was parried away. So, you know, it was it was certainly a case of a let off at that stage. But then Fiorentina managed to miss a penalty. Bonaventura got a penalty, which was one of these ones which, you know, I, I wouldn't give it, but we do give them now the header from about three steps yeah. away, not even three steps away. And um, and and then and then a goal ruled out through VAR as well. Correctly, you know, there was nothing. There was nothing incorrect about. It. But in the second half, Fiorentina woke up, but it, it, and it was too little, too late. Really, and Sassuolo got a much needed win um, to boost their because they'd been on a terrible run of results. It was a horrible. It was a horrible sort of weather conditions as well, but that wasn't really an excuse because Fiorentina were even more horrible um, in the first half and let down the you know the fans that travelled all that way. They let them down. By the end of it, I thought a draw was probably might have been a fairer result. But as I say, to unpick all the VAR yeah. decisions in it was was pretty difficult. And the big worry um, for me, from a Fiorentina point of view, is that the attacking options are. Fast dwindling, not not through the middle, because they are what they are. They are Beltran or Nzola. Take your take your pick. I think Beltran nicer footballer, Nzola bit more of a target. But the issue now is down the wings because Nico Gonzalez is still fighting his way back from injury. Ricardo Sotil is injured. Uh, Christian Kwame is away to the African Cup of Nations. Jonathan Ikone is going to make me pull out what little heat I've got <laughs> left. And and Joseph Brecolo is, is nothing about it. But that was the thing. They were stuck with Ikone and Brecolo and you could scarcely imagine two more frustrating wide men. And the wide men are essential to um, Italiano's style. So it, it did have, you know, beyond the, the game itself, which, as I say, was so... There were so many contentious moments, and it was quite hard to unpick whether it was, you know, it, it was such a bad. I mean, it was a bad result, but whether they deserved a bit more from it from the play was quite hard to tell. But what did worry me was that I saw pictures of Nico Gonzalez back in the gym, and that was the that was really the highlight of my weekend because <laughs> I thought, well, this is this is quite good. And also, I must say that um, Alfred Duncan came on. And made a big difference, and he's not going to, you know, he's had a falling out, I think, with Ghana. So that's good news for Fiorentina fans. But other than that, it was a pretty, um, a pretty sickening one. You know, a hard one to take because he'd been on such a good run, not always playing brilliantly, but you know, on a decent, on a decent run of form. But um, you know, the, it wasn't to be, and it was a chance to consolidate. It was only, I feel a bit like Venezia in recent weeks in Serie B. The other results. 
yes. went our way, uh-huh. really. So we remain in we remain in fourth place. Bologna couldn't do better than a draw with with Genoa, and that was a, 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 a wee shout out to X. Fiorentina man there, Lorenzo Di Silvestri, that got the goal, which actually makes him something like, is, I think in the last 15 years, he's the third most prolific defender oh, right. for goals in Serie A, which is amazing, really. Because, I mean, it, it was a good galloping fullback, but it's just sort of he stayed on behind Bonucci and, and Robin Goosens, apparently in third place now, is, is Lorenzo Di Silvestri over the last. 15 years so so that was you know that held them up and the ones that actually starting to worry me a bit because they've been so bad that they, they couldn't continue are Lazio who yeah. got another result mm-hmm. there not not a brilliant performance ex Fiorentina man Vecino getting the getting the vital goal for them and they're, they're starting to pick up the table so you know if these teams keep kind of if we say that it looks like Inter and Juve with Milan kind of the clear third force it does leave a fourth spot, possibly a fifth, I believe, because I think there's some rejigging of Europe this year. That if if Italian teams do well enough, we could we could snag a a fifth spot in in the Champions League. But it's it's all it's all wide open in there, really. And I don't, as I say, to me, Lazio, they've got a squad certainly, and Roma as well. I would say I've got a squad that should be higher up the league and Napoli as well. There's a number of teams, I suppose, that could hit form in the second half of the season. So that's going to be um, a, a nail-biting finale for, for Fiorentina fans, I would say. But I was going to let you dip in briefly to Serie B, Marco, if you wish, just to see, just to do a quick, um, I suppose, temperature check on Venezia supporters and and the squad, there's no. I mean, sometimes there have been seasons where where the Lagunari have decided to sell off their best players in yeah. in January. I did, I did see you a bit worried about um, Tessman potentially to Bologna. going. Have, yeah. have there been have there been overtures that we should be worried about? Yeah, as, I think as Bologna were, of were the, the latest club linked with Tessman, and he was linked with Lazio in the summer. And to be honest, I think he would be a good signing in Syria, but. Um, yeah, as I, as I said in my on social media, I, I really hope we hang on to him because he has become sort of the fulcrum for that midfield, um, particularly while Yayalo's been out. And Yayalo is back, but he's definitely not back to the player he was when he first joined us. Um, who knows what the what the club is thinking? I suspect if a decent enough offer came in, then they probably would sell him. Um, I only hope that that is a decent offer and they don't take like two million for him or something. You know, if we're going to sell him, let's get decent money for him. Obviously, I hope he stays. Um, there has Zampa, there's Spezia been linked with Zampano, but that looks very unlikely to go through. We were linked with Pafundi, but that doesn't look like it'll go through. It looks like he's going to Regina. Um, so I, I don't know. It seems to be more a market uh, for outgoing players, Ullman. Possibly Cherishev uh, going to leave um, this January, but we'll see. I'm sure we will pick up um, a couple of a couple of players, but I, I definitely think we could do with a defender and possibly another winger, um, to, or someone to play up front instead of Pierini, who while he's bagged a lot of goals, I'm still not 
100% on, I have to say. I'm only saying that so that he scores the winner against Sampdoria next week. Well, that's where I was getting to Sampdoria coming up, you know, so it's, a, it's another... There's no there's no such thing as an easy game, but it certainly looks, you know... It might have been a game you would have relished at the start of the season, yeah. but they, they look a different prospect now um, at this sort of midway point than they did at the, they did at the start. So there's nothing... And, and, you know, form's not been great for Venezia, so it would be vital to get... I'd say at the very least a draw out of that game to then push on, kick on, and keep this keep this promotion. Absolutely. Challenge I mean, I, I I'm really hopeful that um, you know if we could get off to a win, start a new year in a win, and a kickstart our momentum a bit, then that would be huge. Uh, we we as I mentioned, we did play a friendly today, although it was against the Bundesliga leaders Bayer Leverkusen, uh, and we lost four one. Um, I don't know. Vanoli seemed happy enough with with what he saw from the players. So, you know, a win would be amazing. Um, a, a, a draw would be a decent result. But I think if you look at the draw in terms of our current form, it, I just worry that the more, the, the longer it takes for us to get a win under our belts, psychologically it becomes a thing, I think. So to beat Sampdoria at home would be would be a big one. So, yeah, hoping for that. Fingers crossed we'll be back here with that. Just before we finish, I wanted a quick uh, a quick get well soon to our cousin, not really, but shares, I don't know if you, this, you spotted this news, Marco, but in the Chisena, I'm dipping down into Serie C now for the Chisena-Albia game. No. And, uh, well, there we go. Chisena won 1-0, but in the closing stages, the game was sort of overshadowed by the father of one of the Chisena players, Shpendi, coming on and lamping the Albia goalkeeper, Filippo Rinaldi, for some terrible, <laughs> for some foul that he'd committed on his own son. So, I mean, I, I get well soon to cousin Filippo, really, that was, and, and please, Mr Spendi, you know, keep yourself under, we, we've all been angry when we've seen our sons, uh, you know, I have personally been angry when I've seen my son kicked up in the air during a football game, but you can't jump the fence no. and lamp the goalkeeper. So, you know, so um, I see I spotted the Rinaldi. We watch for the Rinaldi name wherever it may be. So, you know, I don't think he was seriously injured by this, but there's obviously going to be repercussions because even, even in Italian football, that is something that you cannot do, I don't think, unless maybe unless it's Juventus or Inter and you can get away with it and probably the opposition get a man sent off for it or something <laughs> or you get a, you get awarded a penalty. But other than that, so um, as I say, well, our best wishes to Filippo Rinaldi, although if he was at it, then maybe, maybe he had it coming. I don't know, he could be from a bad branch of the family, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, well, that was a rear foray into Serie G, listeners. Don't worry, we won't, there won't be any more of that, or there won't be much more of that during the season. It'll be back. We'll have a full calendar of Serie B games to get our teeth stuck into um, when we're back next weekend. So uh, please brace yourself for that. Uh, and, and Marco may or may not be a happy man, depending on how the <laughs> how the results go. But we we'll be back come hell or high water Indeed. next uh, next week. But please share, please like, and boost our numbers through twenty twenty four and get us more listeners. And uh, and that'd be much appreciated. And we'll be back next week with more of this nonsense. Yep, we'll speak to you then. Bye.